Yo, what up? Welcome to another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. I'm Patrick, and I am joined by Aram. Aram in Toronto. What up, Aram? Hello. <laughs> Are you ready for the NBA draft, which is like in a couple days, a few days? I'm super, I'm super ready for this. Uh, I would say I'm not prepared, but I'm ready. I think we... If I'm not mistaken, we are going to record during the NBA draft. We're going to do uh, kind of live reactions. It won't be like, you know, going out live. It'll go out the next day, most likely. But I think it'll be, I don't know, I think it'll be kind of fun uh, to see how it goes up until 14. <laughs> up until 14. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I you know, watching the playoffs and, and thinking about, who won in the Bucks and what were the Warriors chances? Sure. That would have been nice to have seen what they could have done in the playoffs, but having seven and 14 has been really a blessing for the Warriors Christmas because two presents are better than one. And it's going to make a mock draft season really fun for us. All the scenarios, all the potential trades, which we covered last time. Uh, so I'm, I'm super ready for this. I, I've been ready for this. So we're doing a mock draft right now. Okay. And why are we doing a mock draft? Why the hell not? Because <laughs> <laughs> I've been reading up on like this draft since the day James Wiseman was drafted. <laughs> you know what I mean? Since the day Clay Thompson got hurt. Since the day I realized that we might get the Minnesota pick in the top or number four or five, which obviously didn't happen. But, uh, you know. You're right. There has been a lot of build up to this draft. So I've been reading a lot of draft coverage from last year. And um, and, and I guess that's what I mean. I'm, I'm not prepared for this mock draft because I, I feel like there's there's so much information that and so many clips and highlights to watch and try to synergize. And you can't unless you're a professional who does that, like how much can you actually do? But uh, but that's why it's a mock draft and it should be fun. Yes, yes. But first, first, before before I forget, <laughs> uh, before we get on with the mock draft, I have to give a shout out to uh, Darren. Darren um, sent us an email, and I guess he listened to the last episode where we kind of talked about uh, free agency and trades, and we touched on the uh, roster construction for next season. And he mentioned that I forgot Justinian Jessup. And I appreciate you, Darren, for uh, sending that email. Um, I, I did forget to mention Justinian Jessup. I'm a big Jessup fan. I'm hoping that his game will translate to the NBA right away because he seems like he can shoot from three. He has a decent mid-range. It's just a question of, like, is he ready to contribute? I used to go online on Twitter and, like, in comments on The Athletic and be like, uh, Jessup is better than Kispert and see if anyone would argue with me. A few people did. And uh, I could still be right. He's he's a big, tough dude. And as long as he can keep up on the defensive end, I think he has a shot. Yeah. In our haste about this year's offseason and draft, we uh, we got excited about some new shiny things and forgot about some of the toys we already have. So yes. yes but thanks, yes. Darren. Yeah. All right. So are you ready? Are you ready to commence I, I, the uh, the 2021 Oakland Warriors mock draft? I have a spreadsheet. I have a, uh, tabs open on my browser. 
and oh, man. all okay. kinds of research. Yeah, yeah. I uh to make really bad and uninformed <laughs> uninformed picks here. <laughs> all right, all right. So let's get this started. All right. You will have the first pick, which belongs to the Detroit Pistons. You are the Detroit Pistons. You were on the clock five minutes ago, so you know you got to make your pick now. <laughs> All right, this is this is going to be an easy choice. There's been rumors. Uh, don't pay attention to any of those. How often does a number one pick get traded? Like legitimately, um, it happens every once in a while. But with a prospect like this, why would you trade? Uh, the the pick is in from Oklahoma State six seven. I don't know why they always say the height and the school. It's like we know who these guys are. It's Kate Cunningham. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Cade Cunningham. Why? You know, I, he's, he's ready to contribute now. I think that he fits in with what they want to do. There may be other prospects that they like, um, that they like their upside when there's somebody of this caliber who's maintained this position, uh, and the shooting shows, it doesn't mean that he doesn't have room for improvement. And I don't know that he'll be that uh, Doncic or 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 all NBA player, but he's going to be a damn good number one pick. Yeah, I think that's going to be the pick. All the chatter, I just think it's chatter, right? It's all clickbait. It's all just yeah. like taking somebody's suggestion or like, oh, yeah, he used to like Wiseman. They're going to trade for Wiseman. And they should be casting out, you know, uh, some feelers and to see if if somebody would give them an incredible offer. Right. They right. have to do their due diligence. But yeah, exactly. But it's just like the safest bet. Cade Cunningham has been at the top of this draft. He may not be a transformative Anthony Davis type or something like that or a Zion Williamson. But um, why, unless, like you said, unless you get like a great deal, like why mess with it right now? You know what I mean? Like none of these guys are perfect and you could find flaws in all of them. The top, uh, the top four guys. Uh, so yeah, I like that pick. Okay. So Patrick, you're up next on the clock. There's many points in the draft that are interesting picks to see where it's going to go. Mm -hmm. So you have the Houston Rockets pick. You're on the clock. Uh, the Houston Rockets. I will take, Oh man. I should have. I thought I had an answer already. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll muck it up a little bit. They're going to take Jalen Green. Okay, I you know I actually agree with that pick. I think they will as well. So, but why do you think they'll take him? He is the greatest athletic talent I think overall in terms of scoring in this draft. I think he and Kevin Porter Jr. would be a really interesting young backcourt. He has that. Jalen Green has that star quality that they desperately need to kind of just like get the fan base excited, like replacing James Harden. I mean, to lose Harden at the beginning of one season, and then pick up Jalen Green at the beginning of the next season. That's that's super lucky. And Mobley's great, but they have Christian Wood. And I think Mobley, I mean, even though both he and Green need seasoning, uh, I think Green can probably be a little bit more effective as a rookie. Mobley is seems like he'll be pretty pretty solid, but I just think Green is more of like the flashy Houston player that they're kind of wanting. Totally. Completely agree with everything you've said. You know, you think about their franchise where it's been 
with in the Harden years, this is a chance to kind of reboot, uh, kind of kind of quickly with a high scoring, exciting guard. I, I I like what I've seen from him. I think he's gonna be a great scorer and has a lot of upside in other other categories too. And you know, it's such a guard dominated league right now. It just kind of makes sense to take him here. So I completely agree. He'll reach like this serviceable, the serviceable level, I think faster than Mobley. Like you said, because it's such a guard oriented league. And I think Mobley, even though he has outside skills, small man skills, he can handle a little bit. I, I just think green was, uh, is, is the pick here for sure. All right. <sighs> that made me sweat. I wasn't sure what to do there. You know, it's like, <laughs> just um, think of what it's like for them in real life. Yeah. All right. Aram, you are the Cleveland Cavaliers. Boo. <laughs> We're going to pick Evan Mobley. I think uh, the Cavs will be incredibly happy that they don't have to break up. I mean, maybe they want to break up their backcourt anyway, but Mobley fits them pretty well. So I think they'll go with him. You know, he's a little bit less flashy in a lot of ways, but super solid has really high upside. I don't know that he'll be a superstar, but maybe he will. And that'll be good for them. And uh, it, it, it just helps balance out their roster a lot more than if they had to make a, 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 a Jalen green or Jalen Suggs decision. So I think, I think if you're the Cavs, you'd be super happy with this development. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I think, I think they'll probably move on from um, Colin Sexton because they can't pay him. They, they, they'd be crazy to pay him what he wants. Uh, he doesn't really contribute to winning that much. But that being said, it's like they definitely seem like they prefer Evan Mobley. They're filling out their roster so that it, um, it makes a little bit more sense instead of having a bunch of like what six foot, six one, six fours <laughs> dudes in their backcourt. I mean, Okoro is only like six five, I think. Yeah, not too big. So, you know, but uh, I think they'd be, I agree with you, they'd be super happy if, uh, if Mobley landed uh, in their labs. Okay. Yeah, we'll have to see if Mobley will be happy landing in Cleveland's lap. But you know, <laughs> hey, hey, you're uh, you're a number one draft pick. You're rich, and uh, you have a pro career, brilliant career ahead of you. So, yeah, all right, we're at number four with Toronto. I think this is a really interesting inflection point again. Um, and so you're on the clock with the Toronto Raptors. Who are they going to pick? You know. I was leaning for a while with Scotty Barnes, but I think they'll go with Suggs. Yeah, Lowry's a, a free agent, and yeah, there seems to be no indication which way that's going to go. Yeah, I can see him moving on, and then the Raptors plugging and playing uh, Jalen Suggs, uh, Van Vliet, uh, OG. And and your favorite raptor this? of all time, Pascal Siakam. <laughs> Pascal Siakam, <laughs> you know, with the in November because he's got the, the bum shoulder that yeah. I don't want anywhere near Golden State Warriors. Suggs has to be the pick. I I know Scotty Barnes. Uh, we love Scotty Barnes as we've said uh, in prior episodes, but I just think Suggs fits so well with the team and uh, their culture and can play with Van Vliet. 
Um, even if Lowry does come back, he's still 35, I think. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. you know, Suggs is 20. <laughs> so there's plenty of time to, uh, to get, uh, to get him incorporated in and Suggs has shown a uh, ability to play off the ball and, and fit in, in, in other ways. So honestly, I feel like Suggs would be like a, the home run or, or, or I don't know if there's a the touchdown, I guess, because they always talk about like Suggs was a quarterback. So this is the touchdown pick for uh, <laughs> for for the Raptors. Okay. okay. Sorry. You just got to make cheesy analogies when you're doing this kind of stuff, I guess. I'll let that one slide. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Number five, Orlando Magic. First of two picks in the lottery. Oh, I'm on the clock here. Okay. Well, it, it's going to be interesting what they do with five and eight. I mean, that's, that's a really nice pairing to have. Um, but at this point, it seems so much that the top five, you know, there might be a slightly different order, but at this point it's gotta be Scotty Barnes. He's so uh, versatile. And that if, if his offensive game comes, you know, matures, he could be maybe the best player in this draft. Uh, you know, his, his defense, his passing, his compete level, his charisma, all of those things, like he really, really could be a star. And I think that's what, you know, attracts a lot of these teams to him, uh, including us too. So um, I think it's a great, it's a great pick for them here. Yeah. I think it's kind of a no brainer for Orlando. I'm no, Orlando magic expert. But when I just look at that roster, I see a bunch of big dudes who are athletic and long and don't have much skill. Then I see a bunch of guards who are all a little bit imperfect. And then you plug in Scotty Barnes somewhere in there and he can probably help everybody out a lot. Yeah. You know? yeah. Be a, mean, an elite glue guy. Yeah. Yeah. And I wouldn't be surprised if he instantly or not instantly, but maybe like, within a couple months has like this effect on the team as a leader, you know, if there's anything close to what we've heard in terms of his, like you said, charisma, his personality, uh, his dream on green, like qualities, I suppose. Um, but yeah, because if Suggs was here, I, I think they would likely take him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then you like, you have RJ Hampton, Cole Anthony, uh, Markel Fultz, you know, you have all these dudes and uh, even if they were to take Kaminga in the spot, you have like all those athletic guys who are really raw, you know? Yeah, so like yeah. you just have the same dude over and over again. So Barnes is a guy that they don't have, a guy who's like really uh, uh, has those intangibles, which a lot of their other dudes just right now don't seem to have. Yeah, it's a great fit. It's a great fit. Just like Suggs and Mobley, I think. They're, so far, these are these are all great fits. In addition to having like great ceilings and potential, yeah. All right, so so you're next on the clock. Uh, number six, the uh, Oklahoma City Thunder. Oh, wow, this, what are this you is gonna do? One, this <laughs> you're ah, getting the tough man. ones. You're getting the tough yeah. ones. Ah. Um. Well, I uh, as Sam Presti, I'm gonna blow off all the chatter. I'm gonna take. BPA, best player available. And in my opinion, that's Jonathan Kaminga. I'm taking him. All right. All right. Uh, we're uh, still kind of in a rebuild mode and we're stockpiling talent. 
And, you know, even though he's pretty raw, like I think he can grow with some of our younger guys and his ceiling is so high that in once he gets some playing time with us and some G league time and some development time, we think that he'll be starting to be pretty special once we're done tanking (laughs) in 15 years. (laughs) It's been so interesting to hear the chatter that he may fall and, and, and that because there's so much of it, it's, uh, it's probably legit that uh, this is a possibility, but I also think that, you know, they believe in their development. They do believe in their kind of prototypes of players. And they've proven that over years and years and years. And it just seems like I, I it's a little bit hard for me to imagine them passing on him. Um, I mean, we'll see on the 29th, but I kind of feel like this is a little bit more likely to happen than not. Yeah. All right. So next is the Golden State Warriors. And what we're going to do, we're, we're actually... Uh, Patrick and I, we are going to make this pick together as if we were in the Warriors draft room. So, all right. Okay, who's Dunleavy? Uh, Not me. (laughs) (laughs) Not it. (laughs) (laughs) Although, hey, supposedly had a big hand in Jordan Poole, blah, blah, blah. Um, Okay, (laughs) who's left here? Well, some of our favorites, Michael. Uh, (laughs) I mean... (laughs) <laughs> book night there's book giddy. night there's giddy there's uh moses moody yeah there's uh davian mitchell nah. i mean <laughs> like if i'm in the if i'm in the draft room i said it before uh like the warriors will not take mitchell at seven i don't think that's gonna happen it doesn't yeah. fit fit their type uh yeah, yeah. limits a little bit of their flexibility so i think it's going to be one of those things that if they don't draft him, like in hindsight, it's going to be like, yeah, of course they didn't draft him, you know? Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> for some of the reasons that you, you've talked about, like he's too short. They don't draft anybody that short. Like Steve Kerr wouldn't want anybody that small that could good, that isn't as versatile on the um, defensive end. Steph, I've said this, maybe he doesn't want to play with someone who's six feet tall. Okay, so who's who? Let's uh, let let's hash this out. All right. Well, in terms of the names that we've heard at this point, it would be uh, and people who we know that they've worked out. Booknight, uh, Moses Moody. Um, they did work out Mitchell, so um, they did have not worked out uh, Giddy, who's on the Australian uh, national team. But they did go see him in Vegas, uh, and he had a couple of good games down there. So. Mm-hmm. I mean, just in terms of if your draft philosophy, I think at this point, you still have to go for the highest upside. I think that, you know, the Warriors front office will have been laying some track in terms of what they think they can do in free agency. They've already identified they want veterans. So that's still the plan, regardless of who they're picking here. So you Mm got to go with uh, somebody who you think has star potential fringe all-star potential or uh you know solid starter for 10 years or something like that 
so I I do think it should be Book Knight. He seems to have the 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 high end scorer skill, um, and he's shown the ability to do some of the things that they like to do in terms of like playing a little bit off the ball. But then he adds a wrinkle, like we've talked about, of things that they don't have in terms of like somebody with uh, on the ball shake. They don't mm-hmm. have much of that. So um, yeah, so yeah. that's. Uh, so assistant GM hat over here. Uh, what do you say, Bob? What do you say, Bob? Well, you know, I think um, I think Kevin Durant still is such an amazing human being. <laughs> anyway, um, I, as you know, Michael, um, I've been a huge Book Night fan for a few weeks now. So I'm glad <laughs> that uh, <laughs> I'm glad that. Uh, you you said that because I I 100% agree. I think you know looking at what the Warriors team has done over the last couple of years starting from when their bench was so thin in the 2019 finals with those injuries, we just didn't have that guy, that guy who could just get a bucket and I think I think Booknight has that high ceiling and he can learn he can learn to you know he didn't play with such a great cast of uh, teammates and i think his assisted turnover ratio which everyone brings up as a huge negative isn't completely you know doesn't mean nothing at all but it's not probably as bad as a uh, 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 he's not as, as bad of a passer as he gets blamed for some people have said to me you know when i'm walking around down the uh, streets in the Embarcadero, they're like, they're like, hey Bob, isn't isn't Book Night just like Jordan Poole? And you know, we've addressed this, Michael. It's like uh, we've talked about this before. You can never have enough of those guys. You can play those guys together. You know, totally. Poole has uh, uh, good handles. He has a point guard background, and I think it'd be great to have those guys interchangeably being able to freak out another team on the second unit. And who knows, maybe he could become a Jamal Murray. Maybe he could become a version of Devin Booker. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I, uh, I'm ready to put that pick in. I've probably yep. run over my five minutes, but Hey, <laughs> <laughs> that means I've passed. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I, I think, I think the pick is in, I, I do think that, you know, maybe you know, Giddy could be interesting here, but it still feels a little too high. Moody, nice player. Um, don't still don't see the upside there. So let's yeah. put the pick in, Bob. Yeah. All right. Go call. Go call Adam. <laughs> okay. Good. Whew, that was stressful. Number eight. Back to the Orlando Magic. This you. is you because you 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 have the even picks. So. Oh, we're doing and that. I also don't want to make this pick because I don't know what to do with this. One. <laughs> okay, so that's, so that's why I, I I picked for the magic before, right? <laughs> and I picked uh, Barnes. Um, yep. Let's see. So the Orlando Magic. Oh man, this is tough. <laughs> man. Okay, so the Orlando Magic. I. We'll have them take Moses Moody. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, why? 
you know, I feel like, like I was saying before, they need glue guys. And I think Moody, even though he doesn't have a really high ceiling, I think he is one of those steady hands. I think his defense, I think his ability to uh, stroke him from outside and his work ethic from what I've heard, I think he's good in that in that spot. They have enough young dudes running around and they have Wendell, and Wendell Carter, Carter Jr. Yeah. You know? yeah. So, uh, and they still have Mo Bamba. <laughs> And Jonathan yes. Isaac. Yes. So, you know, I, I I thought of getting like a, a big man here, but I think if I inject this team with Scotty Barnes and Moses Moody, uh, I think that would help the Orlando Magic quite a bit. I, you know, I think, I think that's a great rationale. I think uh, it's kind of like a, um, it's kind of like a Terrence Ross who doesn't, take all those crazy shots right exactly kind exactly. of like a contained terrence ross role player uh exactly who can maybe be exactly. a high level role player yeah so i i do like moses movie yeah and pick. honestly like this is just an example of a pick largely made based on uh the scotty barnes pick as well you know what mm-hmm. i mean so like you know the pairing and and uh moving forward and he may not be best player available but i think he He's he's good enough to go there. A couple of smart players who have really great skills. So yeah. this is a, I think this is a, a great draft for the Orlando Magic so far. Okay, your Sacramento Kings. Okay, and you know this one might be um, a lot of the mock drafts are starting to lock this in, and I also want to make the pick for them here too, and it's gonna be. Stauskas. 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 Uh, it's going to be Franz Wagner. <laughs> like, I, I want Wagner to go here so badly just because it's, it just, I mean, anytime I see the, the Kings in the draft, I'm just forever going to think about Stauskas. Stauskas. Now, for for uh, listeners, this, you're referencing is, the you're referencing the uh, that video clip of the Kings' war room when they draft Nick Stauskas, right? Yes, and uh, you know and uh, Vivek, Vivek. who uh, you know, God love him, uh, was so sure and so impassioned about uh, picking Nick Stauskas, who is going to be their next uh, their version of Clay Thompson or whatever, and. Uh, uh, <laughs> And to the point where it seemed like he was compelling the rest of the staff to uh, cheer Nick Stauskas, to say Stauskas's name, uh, to confirm the pick <laughs> by repeating the name Stauskas. If you haven't seen that <laughs> clip, it's amazing. You need to watch that. It's it's really absurd. It, it really just uh, epitomizes uh, uh, that that ownership. <laughs> yes. Wagner uh, can give them a lot of things that maybe they don't have. It's kind of some wing size, some wing defense, some all-around skills, get the ball to their shooters, get the ball to their uh, to Fox and Halliburton. You know, they have some you – know, he's a heady player. You add that with Halliburton. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's a nice pick. So <laughs> it's, uh, it's nothing against Wagner, actually. Yeah. I like that pick a lot for them. I think that now as their roster is starting to figure out who it's 
quote unquote stars are and leaders are and like the guys who are going to be dominating the ball, you need those solid, solid role players. And that's exactly kind of what he is, right? I think like the the stereotypical Kings pick here, uh, you know, besides Stauskas <laughs> would be like a Kai Jones, you know what yes. I mean? Just like this athletic dude who would just give you what uh, Willie Cauley Stein gave you or what Marvin Bagley gives you or something like that. You know what I mean? Kind of like just not that good, not that polished yet. And, um, you know, it's weird because Sacramento, I don't know what their development um, staff is like, but they haven't really been good at it. I mean, uh, Fox is just good, you know? Yeah. Uh, And Halliburton was already good. So who else? You know, who else have they developed right i mean they they have a new front office who's been in place for one kind of one year cycle and they i, th- I think i've heard that they are very Stauskas. analytics Stauskas. analytics driven and wagner is kind of a analytics guy you know a wild card here could be sangoon maybe they don't mm-hmm. have uh they're you know they're probably gonna lose uh uh rashawn holmes and um you know maybe they want some interior talent but uh but also sangoon i maybe he doesn't fit that kind of athletic profile that that they want to kind of run and gun but uh yeah yeah i think wagner especially because of his defense i think that'd be really helpful to them okay you're on the clock uh the new orleans pelicans you got a new coach you have a former warriors assistant willie green and Mm -hmm. also you have a gm david griffin a little bit on shaky ground. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. How are you gonna? How are you gonna write the ship here? I will write the ship by taking Davion Mitchell. I think that's a great pick. If they lose Lonzo Ball, Kyra Lewis as a as a backup, but they need a point guard. They have their their star players, right? They have Zion. They have Brandon Ingram, and so they need to win. They mm-hmm. need to win, right? Like quote unquote win now, <laughs> the Warriors, right? But like. This team, in its own way, needs to win now, uh, for for their sake. And there's already impatience. And I think with a new coach, it'll be good to have an older, experienced, veteran rookie <laughs> floor general. It's a perfect match. You know what I mean? Because yeah. like Zion, you know, he handles the ball a lot, but like he draws so much defense. If if Mitchell can still hit the three anywhere close to forty percent. I mean that'll be a huge, a huge win for them. No, I think that's a, I think that's a great pick for them. You ready for the Charlotte um, Hornets? To be honest, no. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm on the clock. Oh, this is so interesting. Okay, I think I'm gonna go with Kai Jones here. Mm-hmm. I'm tempted to go with Sangoon because I do think he's really solid offensively. But I just thinking about. You know, they want to build this team around uh, LaMelo and just getting a dude who, for now, can just go up and get it and and throw it down, run the floor, fill the lane. It's going to be super exciting to have a guy who is that athletic. And then in the meantime, he just kind of uh, work on developing other parts of his game and he does have really incredible upside in in, in terms of uh, his athletic abilities, so um, I think it could be a good fit. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's 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 Kai Jones. 
I like that pick because they've wanted a center for so long. And I thought of Sangoon, but exactly for the same reasons. Uh, they want to run and they want to focus on LaMelo and giving him a, a big dude like Kai Jones to, to throw lobs to and to run along with is more of what they need that fits fits their style. You know what I mean? Instead of Sangoon, who like, it's like half court, throw it into him. You know, yeah. that doesn't maximize what LaMelo can do. I think they've struggled as a franchise to get people excited about them. And now they have somebody who they can build that around with ball, yeah. obviously. And, you know, just remember last year, all the, all the LaMelo highlights that would be on your Twitter feed or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And just think if you had another, another guy uh, in addition to bridges and Washington, who was, you know, running the lane and just dunking on people uh, that would be super exciting and, and raise their profile in the league. Uh, never mind the kind of competitive advantage, but like it is a business and you want to have a, a competitive profile as a team as well. And how mm-hmm. people think of you as a team, it's like, Oh, they're young and exciting. They have yes. a lot of dunks. You know what I mean? That, that exactly. matters, especially as you know, fans are kind of more and more engaged in, in into the, the team in the league, I think. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely a uh, much more exciting, exciting pick. You got the Spurs. Are you ready to move on to the twelfth pick yeah. here? Yeah, okay. yeah. Um, so for the Spurs, I am giving them. <laughs> this is a tough one. This is a really, it really is tough. tough one. It is tough. You know, I think. Oh man, who are, who are some people you're you're thinking about here? Gideon Garuba. Those are the mm-hmm. ones I'm thinking of. Yeah, most. I was thinking about that too. And I, I'm going to give him Giddy, you know, Hmm. I think even though they have Murray running point, I think he can really fit well into what they do on offense, just whatever system they run. You're the one that convinced me that his passing will translate at least for 10 to 15 minutes a game uh, at the pro level, at the NBA level. I think he would be really really good for them. And if his shot comes around, then they have a really large backcourt, you know? Yeah. I think um, this is a great pick for them. You know, DeJounte Murray and Keldon Johnson, like they have yeah. some pieces and Giddy still has a lot of upside too. And it's a, it's a good fit with a, a lot of the, you know, they have a lot of players that are kind of like, yeah, he's pretty good. Like nobody is an mm-hmm. all-star, but, uh, but they're highly competitive. And um, if you can kind of get the pieces to match together, then they're still going to be highly competitive, I think. So yeah. I, I, I like that pick for them. Yeah, and Murray there. can play off ball for sure. You know what I mean? He's mm-hmm. not like a traditional point guard or anything like that. So, yeah, your boy Giddy going to uh, <laughs> San Antonio. All right. Who we got here? We have the Indiana Pacers. I'm not necessarily saying that I think this is what they will do, but uh, if I was them, I'd be interested in this, is that uh, Garuba actually. Mm. And here's my rationale is that um, I think Miles Turner and Sabonis are going to get broken up at some point and that they're going to keep Sabonis mm-hmm. who is, you know, that kind of fringe all-star. He made the all-star team last year, but without Turner, you're losing a lot of that defense. Garuba's ready to play defense right now. And you could put him, you could see him playing with Sabonis and kind of covering that backside. Uh, he's really good help defender. He's really good on the ball defender. 
uh, offense, eh, you know, <laughs> but uh, that's uh, that's Rick Carlisle's job to make that work. And right. uh, I, I think I, I kind of feel like that's a good fit uh, for them. I know that they want to get a little bit more athletic in other places, but um, but this gives them that, and this gives them a high level defender. I think he's a solid pick. There was a part of me that was like, oh, maybe they'll take you know Keon Johnson <laughs> because of the athleticism. That is a really good point. Um, you know, their backcourt is pretty like eh, middling athletically. Yeah, and having and- somebody like that could could make a big difference for them. And- and they have a solid enough backcourt where like Keon Johnson wouldn't have to come in and do too much per se. He can just go there and jump 45 inches every time yes. and, and do whatever he does with that athleticism. Um, he's like the opposite of Malcolm Brockton, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I like the Gruba pick. I, I you know, Gruba's solid. I, I, I'm very curious to see how his game develops and luckily for him, I mean, you know, hopefully, uh Carlisle can bring him bring him along, although he's pretty tough on rookies, apparently. Not named Luca. <laughs> okay. We're back right. at we're back. the Golden State Warriors. So um what's your uh, uh recon uh shown you so far at this point? Like uh, who are you looking well, at? Who do we who do we have left? All right. Who who are the players that we like? Um there there Zaire, is Zaire Williams. There's Zaire Williams, who is uh Patrick's uh favorite. Uh, mm-hmm. I think one of our early uh, favorites that came up at like post lottery was Chris Duarte's right there. Duarte. Duarte. Um, do we want to go for some wing shooting with uh, Corey Kispert? Yeah, man. Those are, those are all really, really, really tough. Um, so we have book night, right? In mm-hmm. this scenario. I've said Booknight and Zaire for a while. <laughs> um, so, you know, I could, ah, I could go Booknight and Duarte. I would take Duarte over Kispert, you know? Uh, they're both pretty much formed. Even though Kispert is technically a better shooter, Duarte can shoot and he can do other things you know he can defend he's tougher right like Mm -hmm. that's huge he has moxie and i don't know what uh you know the other parts of kitsburg's game that would translate well to the pros i feel like even though duarte's ceiling is like (laughs) he's like hitting his head on the ceiling already (laughs) you know but uh, that might be helpful so i'm gonna need some input um because right now, yeah, I'm like I, Zaire or Duarte, you know, I, I would also, I would also say Duarte over Kispert. I, I, I like Duarte's, uh, yeah, like you said, the moxie. I think the fans will love him. I, he can contribute right away. I enjoyed his interview that we saw this last week. Uh, he's <laughs> a, he, he likes octopus. I, I like octopus. Um, Is he like talking sushi? I love octopus. <laughs> um cooked or raw that's both good um but this is a tough one uh our organization has brought in some really good developmental coaches and i also think that you know the warriors as a organization are trying to have have their cake and eat it too contend now 
and contend for a long time. And I think that's long been their mantra and it's showed by some of these coaching hires and organizational shift. You know, I also heard Chad Ford talking about, you know, kind of second guessing himself, like is, is Zaire Williams, when you think about, and we've talked about this too, all of the things that uh, the COVID things that he went through, uh, if you went back and thought about him as a high school prospect, is, is there, is there a reason to even be taking him higher than 14? I mean, this is what Chad Ford said. And so part of me feels like the Warriors going for development is them betting on themselves. Like we have the culture, which we know they are kind of, they believe in themselves, whether or not that's warranted. Uh, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, So we believe in ourselves. We believe in our culture, our system, our development staff. Let's bring in this, this, really talented this really talented kid who can really with book night carry us to the next generation and by then let's say in two or three years they can contribute steph and clay they're still going to be able to shoot and maybe that is that kind of multi-generational contending squad uh, and that's the goal so i think you know, and if you've laid that track in terms of your free agent homework, then do you really need Chris Duarte? I don't think so. Like, what can can you bring back Baysmore, who can probably do a lot of the same things? Um, I, should, I should hope so. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. So, so I I I know part of it is also like uh, picking the the thing that you want versus maybe what you actually need. But I, I think there's so much upside here and it's worth taking that big swing with Zaire Williams. That was my long answer. My apologies. Uh, no, no, no. I appreciate the, this is a thinking man's podcast, man. So I, I, uh, I'm convinced, you know, like I, I've been on the Zaire train for a while and I was second guessing myself, but, uh, you've, uh, you've reaffirmed my belief. I think he is worth taking a swing on and um, we'll put the, put the call in Zaire Williams. Hey, and if all goes well, the Warriors will not have as high a picks as these for a long time. So it yep. makes sense to go for development, go for high upside. Exactly. Fill out the roster with, with veterans. Oh, and there we have it. You know, right. we have uh, uh, the James Booknight and Zaire Williams. <laughs> These are the I picks like I wanted <laughs> for so long. I, I like it. I, I'm, yeah. I'm happy with this. I'm happy yeah, with yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, Okay. Well, as I bask in that, there's some, you know, hypotheticals out there going around and you wanted to, to talk about, uh, as you as you called it, the, the multiverse. Yeah, the mock draft multiverse. Now, I think that, Kaminga will go to OKC. I think these rumors ultimately will like, they'll bet on his upside. However, (laughs) what if what let's play a little bit of a, what if, and so what if OKC picks book night instead of Kaminga and Kaminga's there at seven, what, what will the, how will this kind of shake out from there? Will, because not only do you have to decide do the Warriors want to take somebody who is this raw? And I got to tell you, I was watching 
rewatching some some clips of him today and uh you know there's some really promising things from Kaminga and there's also a lot of you know the the worst of Andrew Wiggins mm-hmm. like the 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 spinning fade away 22 footer there's a lot of that in Kaminga's game too <laughs> mm-hmm. and it's kind of like ooh ooh i don't know that i mean he certainly i don't think we'll play we'll see much of the floor mm-hmm. uh, in the in his first season uh, mm-hmm. so how do you feel how are you going to play this out if he's at 7 do you have to take him and it affects the 14th pick too so okay okay here we go mock draft multiverse okay uh so let's say at 7 uh we are going to pick kaminga right so we have kaminga and then at 14 okay this is what i've said and part of this is because optics in such an uproar about like, Oh my gosh, you got somebody who's like needs even more development mm-hmm. help than, and more time. And somebody who's younger than James Wiseman. You have two guys who are development guys. First of all, when I hear that, I'm like, you guys did not watch James Wiseman play. Yeah. <laughs> he, he's going to contribute. He contributed last year. He'll contribute this coming year. He's not going to be, just some some bumbling dude on the court who doesn't you know with hands of stone who doesn't know how to play basketball at all but i've said i would take an older dude at that point at 14 you know it's a kind of balance it out appease you take the the, oldest dude (laughs) i i would you know because the reasoning is you know, when I've thought about this before, I'm like, yeah, take Mitchell at 14 if you want. We don't have Mitchell available at 14. He's gone to the Pelicans uh, in both the regular universe and the uh, multiverse. Zaire Williams, as much as I really, really like him as a prospect, the same position mm-hmm. <laughs> as John Kaminga. So, you know, it's square there. So you take Duarte, you know, I've already said I would take Duarte over Kispert. And then there's a, there's your draft. Kaminga, who's like ceiling is super high, but reaching it is a little far away, although not crazy far away. I don't think. I think people sometimes overstate his ability to contribute. And then you have uh, uh, Duarte, who's like you know wearing a helmet because he's banging his head on the ceiling, uh, <laughs> but he can give you <laughs> he can give you some solid minutes as a fifty five year old rookie. <laughs> Do you feel like the issue of not getting your high upside swing is is the issue be and not going for Zaire here? Uh, because let's say the rationale is the same that we did on our first pass is that mm-hmm. like we should go for development, go for your swings. Uh, if Zaire is still the biggest swing you can take there, then is the main issue is that they kind of play similar positions. Yeah, that that's a part of it. And then also kind of hedging um, mm-hmm. because Kaminga does have a ways to go before he contributes to this team that wants to win a title. Uh, trying to find help. I mean, it would be tougher if they didn't play the same position because I like Zaire that much. Uh, if he were like a two guard. Because then- here's what I will propose is that uh, now probably this would get probably get into a lot of trouble but it's maybe the uh trust the process kind of way of thinking because Mm -hmm. if we're sticking with our first pass of the draft like keon johnson's still here 
Um, do you want to take another super high upside swing on somebody who doesn't play the same position? You know, he, he already shows that he's got a great motor, obviously crazy athletic, uh, needs to work on his, uh, basketball skills. <laughs> and so, and so does Kaminga. Um, you could have some really raw dudes, but who have a lot of potential. I mean, that could be another high upside swing. Um, but there's other other guys maybe uh, who maybe a little bit a notch a little notch below uh, uh, book night, but the kind of like bucket getters you got your uh, you got your um, uh, Cam Thomases or uh, it seems a little high for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, you you know your Jaden Springers or uh, who's the other one uh, like a Jared Butler. I mean. Eh. I don't yeah, know. I mean, <laughs> that doesn't seem a little questionable. Yeah. <laughs> when, I, when you say it out loud, it's like, uh, I don't know. yeah, I'm I'm not high on on Springer. And if you're gonna go for Butler, I mean, just take Duarte. You know, I mean, even though like Butler has a higher higher ceiling still and is younger, it's like Four not as younger. exciting. Yeah, but, yeah, significantly younger. Um, but yeah, and even Keon Johnson, I just I'm just not that high on Keon Johnson. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I, I think he could be a good pro, but like I, I think he has so far to go in terms of being a, a skilled basketball player. That, uh, whereas someone like Zaire, even at small forward, like we know he has certain skills, you know, and, yeah. and we know he ha- he's six nine, six ten in shoes. Yeah. I think the way that NBA rosters are constructed to that you're allowed to have 15 people on the roster, but if you have two dudes who are super raw and are not playing, then it really affects your rotations. Like, sure, you're not playing 13 players a night, but injuries happen. Yes. Um, ineffectiveness happens. Yeah. We saw it this last year where yeah. somebody like Smiley Geach and injured Clay Thompson were taking up roster spots and it really shortened the options that they had and they needed options. <laughs> I yeah. mean, we saw it in the end. We had no options. That's why Michael Mulder was playing 30 minutes or whatever. Right. Exactly. So I, I, I mean, I wanted to pose that, you know, would you take two super high upside guys who are probably not going to play? And the thought of it is exciting, but in reality, you know, with our first pass, if you had book Knight or Zaire Williams, like you could definitely see book Knight getting some time. Zaire, not sure, but um, and maybe Kaminga would get some time too, but then you have your core, your young core of the future being Pool, Wiseman, and Kaminga. That's that's awesome. That ain't bad. Yeah. You know that is not bad at all. Even though it'd be like, oh, it'd be great to just you know take two swings like at these potential star small forwards and see, well, one of them will hit. You know what I mean? <laughs> but like being aware of the of the roster spots we were very aware like that whole like you mentioned the the smiley and yeah, clay taking brutal. up spots yeah, it was just brutal. like there's nowhere else they could put put a player so yeah that's why i think duarte you know cuz you don't even want like that many young development guys who are just <laughs> super super development right that's why like i was good with booknight and zaire cuz i think booknight i mean he's he's a sophomore and he can get a bucket his first day in the league, you mm-hmm. know? So, and he has a high ceiling still, but Kaminga, man, Kaminga and Duarte or Booknight and 
Zaire. I feel like Kaminga and Duarte, the, the returns would be not as quick or as soon, maybe. I think Booknight would just be way more exciting initially. Yeah. But uh, Kaminga's ceiling, man, like that'd be something to uh, to behold with these developmental coaches, hopefully. Yeah, I mean, soon after the lottery, when we got the seventh pick, and, you know, we were happy that we got it, but we had already started hearing Barnes was kind of moving up into that top spot, and it was just like, oh, man, we're just like one away from that, that top, top tier and you know i'm sure there's there are reasons why kaminga seems to be quote-unquote falling but i kind of yeah i want to i want to see what they do i want to see what they do uh, i want them to have the option to to get him um it's just going to be super dramatic i think but yeah. with these two picks I, I i feel like uh we're we're in a good spot uh, to make yeah. some things happen the other thing that i forgot to bring up when we went through this the first time and we ended up with a uh, book night in Zaire. I was like, well, you know, trade back, trade back, get Zaire and Duarte. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that'd be really hard at this point. Cause Zaire's like moved up. And I don't think, I mean, I think the Knicks are the only team that have two picks after the warriors. And um, I don't think, well, Duarte could last in 1921. I mean, Zaire could too. Make it happen, <laughs> but yeah, um, it's hard to say. Hard but to I don't. Say. I don't think the Knicks would trade for fourteen unless they really, really, really loved like a Keon Johnson or somebody yeah. there that they wanted yeah. to to get for star power and, and potential and all that jazz. But um, let me ask you this, man: like, what are other combinations of picks seven and fourteen that? you'd be you'd be happy with i mean we talk about this in general but i'm like what if or some some weird ones like oh what if they ended up with like moody and kispert uh i would i I wouldn't i wouldn't feel too good about that i think uh (laughs) i i did uh i did a run through at one point and i had book night in moody i'd be happy with that oh i'd be really happy with that actually Oh, I think I, I think I had been messaging you about this is a uh, Kaminga and Garuba. I, that would be <laughs> super exciting to me. I, I just love uh, watching Garuba play that, defense. That's not bad. I find that interesting, right? Because Garuba, he could, he could play, he could play now, right? Yeah. yeah. A little bit, you know, like, uh, and he would be serviceable. So, I mean, that's the thing to balance out. Kaminga, you need somebody who can get on the floor and uh, not be a a liability. Oh, how about let me ask you? How about uh, Giddy and Kispert? <laughs> <laughs> so basically, like Giddy would have the ball, Kispert would cut back door, and he would hit him in stride <laughs> for a reverse layup. Yeah, a layup off the glass. <laughs> um yeah i wouldn't be too excited about that <laughs> no, like, I wouldn't either. as much as i like giddy i mean who is a player that the warriors would have to get for me to be excited about Corey kiss because i don't think he'd be a terrible terrible fit but i just think like i mean i guess if it were kaminga and yeah. kispert i'd be like yeah. okay you know you have yeah. your uh backup shooter and, and then you have this other guy who can who can be really really damn good in the future if if the warriors uh, get like Kaminga, probably not going to happen. Uh, and then at 14, what if 
the three old dudes were all there. <laughs> Mitchell, Duarte, and Kispert. Oh. Wait, and we got Kaminga? Yeah, yeah. Who would you take? I guess the question, because we already decided on Duarte over Kispert. Would you take Mitchell? Oh, at 14. Over Duarte? Yeah. I think I would. Be, uh, I think Mitchell, at 14, he's a role player. You're expecting him to be that on-ball guy. I, and I like that. I just don't want him at seven. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I, but at 14, and, and that kind of balance that you talked about with uh, Kaminga and Duarte is definitely uh, the case with Mitchell. And yeah. this, this is a proven, ready to plug and play guy. Who's he's a winner. Uh, he yeah. brings intangibles, and you know you can let Kaminga develop uh, on the, on the side. And Mitchell's super high high profile. Uh, well, relative, maybe not yeah, super. Yeah. But I would hundred percent take Mitchell if he was there at fourteen, and we had Kaminga at seven. Uh, for one, because all the people that are saying uh, get someone now are talking about Mitchell. No one talks about Kispert Duarte, you know, he's moving up for us because we like him and his fit, right? Like, uh, technically most people wouldn't draft him that high. And then he, he is climbing up some, some boards and I, yeah. I, maybe it's from his workouts and people are seeing his, his shooting is for real and his size. He, he does have good size. Um, so, you know, I I don't think Duarte at 14 is a stretch by by any means. For all the reasons I don't want Mitchell, especially at seven, like I think he'll be he won't be like a terrible pro. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He'll just be a role player, yeah. a non-starter. Uh, and like you were saying, like, hey, I'll take a shot at that at 14. You know what I mean? Like, because Duarte will will do some things good, better than Mitchell, but Mitchell can do some other stuff. You know, so I think. Uh, uh, and I would be curious. There is a part of me that all these people who are totally on on the Mitchell train, I would be. I'm really curious to see if any of the stuff that they they're saying is going to be there, right? If the shot translates, mm-hmm. if he can really play defense against bigger dudes, if his quote unquote work ethic and leadership and all that jazz actually means anything, you know. Uh, yeah, it's just hard to hear those things because we've heard those things before. Yeah, about, like this. He's a winner. He's a leader. Uh, he he. S. One Jameson, great, one. great, great leader. And we've seen that play out so many times. And size matters. And yeah. I mean, I don't doubt his heart, uh, but size matters. Age matters. <laughs> okay, now I would take Duarte. Okay. <laughs> okay what do you think are the chances of it uh you know i think seven the people who will go there we've talked about uh the chances of 14 being somebody who we've not talked about at by any at any length like jalen johnson right right i i don't think they'll get jalen johnson i just I don't, don't think so either there's just way too many red flags and they don't want that they don't want like a potential develop developmental head case um we've talked about trey murphy before Mm -hmm. and you know he he really seems like somebody who can be one of those big wings that can like drain threes and just be athletic 
be a role player and give you those surprising we see those on all these other teams right yeah it's it's interesting right because like we don't really know or at least it's hard for me to say what bob myers draft style is because it's been so spotty uh was jordan Poole even you know dunleavy had a lot to do with that was that like a you know for one year it was like an absurdly terrible pick and then the next year it was like you know oh he had so so much revelation (laughs) yeah to like to like take this shot in the dark to get somebody who a lot of people said was like a second round pick yeah right so uh, that doesn't seem like as like oh they 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 have like this uh clear vision of talent so it's hard for me to say the wiseman pick you hear people talk about how they went with they drafted for need I don't think they drafted for need. I think they drafted for who they thought was the best player. And I still think, you know, it was a great pick. Yeah. Right. Regardless of what LaMelo did last year, I think it was injuries and circumstance. So whatever, but how much of it is going to be Joe Laker being like, Zaire, 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 <laughs> you know, yep. uh, or, or, uh, you do a good, good Joe Laker. You make him sound like, uh, what I imagine the uh, the Monopoly man to sound like. <laughs> they haven't been in this situation in a very long time with like a a pick that is a like a lottery pick, two lottery picks that aren't obvious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the they had Wiseman, and then before that, they had just a string of late first rounders, which very like you said, spotty record. You know, Pool Looney are the okay ones, and the rest are. Not so much. Um, I mean, I guess you can go back to 2012, which I think is maybe Mm -hmm. Bob Myers' first draft uh, as, as the, the guy. Um, And they took Harrison Barnes, um, Festus and Draymond. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's pretty good. Yeah. It worked out for us. Um, But that's also a long time ago. And, you know, the league is different and the way you scout players and the way you develop them is a little bit different too. So yeah. I feel like the Harrison Barnes pick, uh, I could be wrong, but I feel like that was pretty, that was relatively clear, you know, yeah, I mean? it, it was wasn't as clear and safe. And yeah, it wasn't exactly. But like you said, it was, it was safe. So, uh, we'll see, we'll see what they pick up as long as they get like Kaminga or, book night with number yeah. seven you know like that's 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 what i'm going with i really like zaire but the 14th pick more leeway uh for me if they take mitchell at seven whew, man i'll be uh, i i'm gonna have to do a lap around the block you yeah know? <laughs> and and to be clear don't like don't dislike mitchell just not at seven yeah 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 exactly exactly who knows who knows like now they're talking trades again now that's the the chatter all right well that is another episode of the oakland warriors podcast the very first mock draft well up until the lottery be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcast feel free to hit me up on twitter at oakland warriors or at patrick epino epino check us out at oaklandwarriors.com be sure to tell your fellow warrior fan friends to tune in and listen the oakland warriors podcast is produced by national film society that's it music in this episode provided by paper sun special thanks to paul amardo for production support see you next time <laughs>